Um, our reading this morning is Psalm 99, and that's found on page 427 of this Bible, or you can follow along on the screen behind me. Psalm 99. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity. In Jacob you have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of cloud. They kept his statutes and the decrees he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. You were to Israel a forgiving God, though you punished their misdeeds. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. Amen. My name's Benjamin. Uh, it's great to see you. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you if I haven't met you already after the service, but you'll get to know a little about me uh, now. Uh, how do you make yourself known when you're going for a job? I've employed a few people in my time, and uh, three things stand out to me when someone's trying to make themselves known. The resume, the interview, and the referees. First, you've got the resume. You write down what you've done in the hope that you can make yourself known through a list of your accomplishments. If that's successful, then there's the interview where the boss actually gets to lock eyes on you and get a feel for what you're about. Uh, for recruiters, the interview takes much longer than just reading a resume, but it's definitely worth the investment. Uh, and the third way is the referee, someone who knows you and can vouch for you. Uh, I've been tempted to skip the referee check because I just want to save some time. I tell you, it's always worth the time. How do you make yourself known to a future boss or to a future spouse how do you make yourself known? Today we're looking at Psalm 99 to help us think through how God makes himself known. I'm going to put to you that God makes himself known in five ways, and they're there in your outline if you'd like to look along, but I'm confident that as we think this through, we'll understand more about who God is and more about what that means for us. Come take a look with me. God makes himself known in creation. The first few words of the psalm become a resounding phrase of the psalm in general. Psalm 99, if you want to follow along in your pew Bibles. The Lord reigns. Verse 1, the Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. The psalmist is efficiently and effectively communicating something big here. The power and might of God. By describing the way that that impacts the earth and its people. In just a few lines, he's made a point we all know about. The earth and its peoples may be large 
and many, but every day they get a look at the sheer power of God. Whether it's a severe heat wave or a cyclone, each causes nations to tremble. Even the thought of bushfires make people shudder. Pandemics throw us into a panic, or haven't you remembered the great toilet paper rush of 2020? Floods and earthquakes turn mountains into rubble, and the people are powerless. In his creation, God shows his power and might. And the response to God's awesome power, uh, the right response is that people are moved to praise Verse 2, great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The nations tremble. The earth shakes. And the people are moved to praise. Just a glimpse of God's awesome power moves people to recognise how small they are and to acknowledge that there is something greater. In verse 3, the psalmist uses the word exalted for God. To exalt means to lift something up or to recognise it in its place at the top. To recognise something as great, to exalt. And the Lord is recognised as great for the power he has shown in creation. The Lord is praised for his great and awesome power. I don't think I'm telling you anything you don't know. Creation is like the introduction to God's resume. It's one way he makes himself known. When you watch a nature documentary and you see the power of the elephant, the power of the whale, the power of a volcano, the power of a colony of locusts, and yet all working in harmony you are moved to recognise that you're not in control. Moved to recognise that there is a mighty creator. In summary, God makes himself known generally in creation. Now, first application point for you, go get into a good nature book or nature documentary video and give glory to God for his amazing power in creation. Now, It's one thing to watch a display of power. But we need more if we really want to know God. We need some specific knowledge. When my wife and I were dating, she wanted to make herself known to me and I to her. So should she just watch me from a distance? Uh, Assessing whether I'd make a good husband um, or whether I'd be good at mowing um, just by looking at me from across the room? Uh, No. Should we actually have a conversation and share what's in our hearts? General observations are just a start. But what we want is specific knowledge. God has also made himself known specifically as well. From verse 4, the king is mighty, he loves justice, you have established equity. In Jacob you have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. He is holy. The psalmist now focuses in on what attributes God has revealed to us specifically. What do I mean by specifically? 
Uh, what I mean is what God has told us about himself. Generally, God has revealed himself in creation. Specifically, God has revealed his nature by speaking to us directly. In verse 4, the psalmist remarks how God loves justice. How could he know that except that God has told us that that is so? Verse 4 reminds us that God has established equity, fairness. We know because God has told us. God has laid down laws that prohibit murder, prohibit lying. A law that makes provision to look after the widow and the migrant. God loves fairness and equity. He has explained that to us. It's mind-blowing that God, who made every star, actually met with humans and explained himself to them, told them what was right. In ancient times, God chose a specific people. And verse 4 here says it's the people of Jacob. God doing what is just and right in them. God gave Jacob a new name, actually, Israel, which means God perseveres. God told Jacob more about himself and about his nature by speaking to him directly. And later, God met with a descendant of Jacob, the man Moses, and gave him more information by speaking to him directly, specific information the Ten Commandments, and the rest of the law explaining what he finds to be just and right. We're talking about God's specific revelation of himself. God got very specific. We know that, don't we? Uh, God gave exacting requirements to Moses about not only how he was to be obeyed, but how one could even approach him. If you've spent any time in the book of Exodus and Leviticus, did you get a little bit bored? There was so much information about how to approach God. Uh, you might have felt a bit overwhelmed about how God outlined the very specific details of how he could be approached. The specific outline and characteristics of his meeting place, right down to the colour of the curtains that should be in that meeting place right down to the markings on the walls in that meeting place, right down to what the place should smell like. God was very specific. God gives specific information to us about who he is, what he likes, and how we should worship him. Worship of God is clearly in view here in Psalm 99 too. It's filled with worship language. Just drop back to verse 1 for a second, if you've got your books there, so we can make sense of this phrase, the Lord sits enthroned between the cherubim. To make sense of that, we focus again on the book of Exodus. Uh, it sharpens into chapter 25. It sharpens further into verse 17, where God is giving directions about how to be worshipped and a special platform that will be part of his holy temple. God says, Make an atonement cover of pure gold, and make two cherubim out of hammered gold at the ends of the cover. 
there, above the cover and between the two cherubim, I will meet with you and give you all my commands for the Israelites. What's between the cherubim is a place called the atonement cover, where God will meet with his people and communicate specifically with them. The atonement cover can also be called the footstool of God, and we find that phrase in verse 5 of our psalm, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstool. Now, if we're to worship at his footstool, then that shows you how much higher than us God is, how big God is. And he's given specific detail to us, which the psalmist is happy to repeat. God's people are urged to exalt the Lord, to worship him by following God's specific commands and meeting him in the way he has set down. Verses 6 to 8 repeat the theme of specific revelation, so I won't go into detail. We see Moses and Aaron and Samuel, his priests, who called on his name and he spoke to them. He answered them. Verse 8, he spoke to them, he gave them statutes and decrees, and the Lord answered them. The psalmist repeats that point, that God has very specifically made himself known to his people, so they can worship him appropriately. In summary, God has made himself known now generally and specifically to his people. The application point here is, God has made himself known much more known to you than just what you'll find in a sunrise or by looking at the stars or a nature documentary. You need to read what he has specifically said about himself and what he's said and what he's done. It's all written in the Bible, which is God's word for us, specifically. So how are you delving into God's specific revelation Are you just hoping to find out more about God by looking at the stars each day or the sunrise? Or are you delving into God's specific word each day, each sunrise? If you are just relying on the general vibe about God, you're missing out. You've got to get into specifics. God has taken the time to make himself known to you. It's mind-blowing. Take the time to learn about him. Make a good habit about engaging with God in his word. Start today. My family uh, recently watched a movie, uh, which unbeknownst to them was soon to become a sermon illustration. Sorry, guys. It wasn't the reason we watched it. The movie was A Night at the Museum. Ben Stiller, very funny, about a museum where historical characters come to life each night. Uh, There's Attila the Hun by day, a wax dummy, by night running and shouting and making himself known, right? There's Galileo, by day the subject of textbooks, but by night actually conversing. And in one scene, the night watchman calls in his sceptical co-worker who's been researching this Native American woman of history, Sacagawea, and actually introduces her to the person Sacagawea. She'd been reading documents and her head was spinning. She couldn't quite get it until she actually met the woman in the flesh. That's the real way that you get to know a person. 
we get a much better understanding of God too by meeting him in the flesh. You can see where I'm going. The author of Psalm 99 had lots to work on, had lots of documents, but even so, the psalmist doesn't seem to have the full picture. I mean, look at verse 8. Oh, Lord, our God, you answered them. You were to Israel a forgiving God, though you punished their misdeeds. Here the psalmist is acknowledging some tension. Uh, It doesn't fully grasp the full picture. I mean, how could God be forgiving of his people, but punishing? Punishing of their misdeeds, their wrongdoings. Because documents only go so far. It's like when you read the resume, but you need to have the interview to see the person and understand what's going on and get the full picture. That picture is only made clear when we meet God in the flesh. Centuries after this psalm was written, God reveals the full picture in the person of Jesus. God makes himself known to us fully through Jesus. The Bible is a collection of documents about God, but Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus shows himself to be Lord over creation, calming storms, walking on water, healing disease, and ultimately showing his control over death by rising from the dead. Jesus shows himself to be Lord of the documents by fulfilling all of God's promises which he spoke to Israel, by fulfilling all of the prophecies about him written down in the Bible. There's so many ways that Jesus fills out our understanding of what's written. But the relevant question today is, how does Jesus fill out our understanding of Psalm 99, the God of justice and forgiveness? The answer is on the cross. On the cross, Jesus died to make a way for God to forgive the sins of his people. This psalm tells us that the Lord is a God of justice and that he is holy and that he punishes. Holy in verse 3, holy in verse 5, holy in verse 9. Holy is a word that doesn't get used much these days and with good reason. Holy means clean, uncontaminated by pollution. God is holy. Jesus is holy, but we are the opposite. We are not clean. We are polluted by sin. And the God of justice would be right to sweep us away because he is holy and holiness cannot accept pollution into itself. It would be in keeping with God's justice to punish us with death. But on the cross where Jesus died... God's justice was satisfied and God's forgiveness is possible. On one hand, Jesus, perfectly holy, bore the punishment we deserved when he died the death we deserve. On the other hand, the punishment dealt with, the sin is atoned for and we can be forgiven. 
to continue the illustration from this psalm, Jesus is the atonement cover. Jesus is the atonement cover where God sits enthroned between the cherubim. Jesus' sacrifice atones for our sin, and so God is pleased to forgive us. In more modern language, Jesus takes our pollution and deals with it so that we are clean again in the eyes of God. God can forgive his people because his justice is satisfied in the death of Jesus. Now, can you imagine giving someone a job based on resume alone? If you're looking for a low-level job, maybe. But if you're going to stake your life on it, probably not. Or worse still, can you decide... Uh, who to marry just by pictures alone. It did happen in the past. It didn't really work out. That's not wise. And worse still, can you imagine trying to work out who God is by looking just at the stars or the mountains? That doesn't work. The very person Jesus is waiting for you to meet him waiting to make himself known to you. And without that meeting, you won't get the full picture about God. To summarise, God is fully known through Jesus. And the application is a big one. You simply must meet Jesus. Don't just go to creation to find out about God. Don't treat the Bible like it's just an ancient relic of words. You need to meet Jesus yourself. Invite Jesus to be your Lord and Saviour. Allow Jesus to take that punishment for you and receive the forgiveness that God offers you. If you don't, your pollution will remain and God will show his justice. Now, when I began talking, I mentioned there's three ways a job applicant makes himself known, the resume, the interview and the referees. We're working through ways that God makes himself known and referees come into play here too. God makes himself known now through his people. Verse 9 tells us, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. This psalm actually says God should be exalted three times, verse 3, verse 5, verse 9. Here in verse 9, as in verse 5, exalt is a command given to a group of people. When God's people are called to exalt the Lord and worship at his holy mountain, there's more than just an individual person in mind. It's a direction to the community of his people. So far I've talked to you about your need to call on Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. But by far the main thrust of this psalm is to God's people together to exalt him as a community. This psalm intends to galvanise God's people in order that they might recognise him as most high. In the Old Testament, that worship, that exalting, 
was done in a place designated by God. Uh, After the Exodus, God called his people to meet around Mount Sinai, where he gave the commandments. Later, he made instructions on how to build a temple so that people could gather in that temple to meet with God. As God makes himself more fully known in Jesus, the meeting place moves from a location to a person. Jesus. So now as we read this command in Psalm 99 to exalt our Lord together, we see it is fulfilled by a group that is united in Jesus' name. That's made clear later in the New Testament. Ephesians 3.10 is one place. God's intent is that through the church, his manifold wisdom will be made known. He will make himself known through the church. That's you and me. Through our church, we show God to be most high. It's like we're God's referees to people who want to know more about him. It's through the church that God intends to show himself to be a mix of justice and forgiveness too. The church is how God will show his love his righteousness, his justice, and all his attributes to the world around us. The church will show the world who God is. Verse 1 says, the Lord reigns. And the church will show that the Lord reigns by serving him appropriately, by serving him together. We, God's church, are like God's referees. People may or may not be considering who God is, but if they are, they are looking to us for a reference. And you know there's two important things about a referee. One is what they say, and the other is what type of person they are. I mean, if you call up a referee and they say, oh yeah, the applicant's good, yep. That's a good start, but if the referee is known by you to be a liar or a cheat, you might be inclined to take the opposite of what they say. And if God has chosen his church to be his referees, to make himself known in our world, well, then we, his church, must be true, trustworthy, consistent with what we say about God, with the qualities that God wants to be known for. In summary, God makes himself known today through his church. Application point number four, therefore, we, together, must exalt God. We must show him as most high in the way we live as a community of believers, together. God's people work together to show that he is most high. And when God's people work together to show his name in the community, we must be without corruption. We must be without anger. We must be without grumbling. People who don't know God are looking to you for a reference. You can point them to creation. You can point them to God's word. You can point them to Jesus, but you, yourself, will also be a referee. 
So how are you making God known? God is making himself known today through you. And that might be hard to cope with, but, well, we look at ourselves as a church and we think, oh, I'm not there yet. Don't look at me as a referee yet. Individually, we see there's so many ways that we are falling short of reflecting God's glory. But, you know, after the resume and the interview and the references, the best way to know the quality of a worker is to see the job complete. When the job is complete, then you can confirm that is the right guy. Of course, you won't know that until you actually give him a go. And a day is coming when God will make himself known through his perfected, completed, finalised work in his church. This psalm rightly talks about exalting God in the temple, but the psalm finds its complete fulfilment in the return of Jesus Christ and in the new perfect creation that we are going to be part of. The book of Revelation describes that last day when the angel takes a man, John, and shows him the renewal of heaven and earth. In chapter 21, the angel takes John to a high mountain and shows him the holy city where God will dwell with his people and there'll no longer be any night or crying or pain. Can you hear Psalm 99 echoing in the background of that transaction? We will see God who sits enthroned between the cherubim. Just like verse 1 of this psalm. We will exalt God at his holy mountain, not just in a temple that's a copy of heaven, but in heaven itself. We will be there. It will be completed. It will be perfect. God will have his way. On that day, God will make himself known fully and completely to everyone and he will be shown to be most high and we will be raised up with him, reigning with him forever. On that day, we'll see the extent of his justice and his forgiveness. We'll see his justice when the books of the law are open and every infraction is dealt with. And we will see his forgiveness when the book of life is opened up and all those whose names are in it will be granted access, not for what they have done, but for what Jesus has done on their behalf. In summary, the Lord reigns. So now is the time for you to respond. Turn to the Lord as your true king. Turn away from your previous sin and repent in faith. Exalt his name today and tell of his work in your life individually and as a community. Tell of his work. Make him known to a community outside that doesn't yet know him. And look forward to the day that he makes all things perfect, that he makes all things new. Exalt the Lord our God and worship him for he is holy. Let's pray. Lord, we lift you up and give you the recognition that you deserve. You are holy and right and reigning 
and good and perfect and you have made yourself known to us. How even does that work? Lord, you have shown us in creation. You have shown us in your word. You have shown us in Jesus just who you are. Lord, may we not miss the point. May we get to know you fully and may we tell of your great works as we declare who you are and make you known this day and every day. Amen.